This is Changing Channels with Larry Walsh, the Channelnomics podcast that connects you with channel chiefs, thought leaders, and executives about what it takes to get the next generation of tech to market. Here's your host, Larry Walsh, the CEO and Chief Analyst of Channelnomics. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to Changing Channels. I'm Larry Walsh. I've been following managed services for, dare I say, nearly 20 years. I remember when it was seen as the antidote to declining margins associated with on-site uh, repair and maintenance services. Uh, you, you didn't have to roll a truck anymore to go support a customer. You were able to scale with, with fewer resources. And best of all, uh, the MSPs, they were the ones that were able to collect a monthly paycheck from their customers is that there was a steady stream of revenue was very predictable and very profitable. And the MSP model continues to evolve. And I would say, and I'm on the side of those who would argue with, argue the case that managed services is an integral part of the business, particularly as more vendors shift their model to a services or consumption-based uh, selling model. Um, however, MSPs are not highly refined businesses. I talk with channel chiefs frequently. I talk with vendors about, about MSPs and they will say, we got to get on board. MSPs are the future. They are the ones with the model that's aligned to where we want to go without recognizing the limitations of many of the MSPs that are in market. Now, it's not to say that all MSPs have are, are fatally flawed. And I'm not saying that at all. Uh, what I will say, though, is that they do have a number of shortcomings. They're not all created equally. Uh, and there's been a number of attempts by vendors to enable them, to improve them, to bring them up to a higher level of performance. And, but one thing that seems to be working and working well is getting the MSPs themselves to buy into a program to where they are handheld through a process of developing their businesses, acquiring new skills, and pushing the market with their with their offerings. Uh, we've seen this, and we've talked with other vendors about this before uh, here on Changing Channels. But this is the time, the first time we've talked about in the context of managed services. And to talk about this, I've brought in somebody who really knows about this, about how to get MSPs to buy into development programs is Dan Tomaszewski. He is the executive vice president of channels at Kaseya, which is, I would even say, arguably the largest managed services enabling company uh, now in the market. So with that, welcome to Changing Channels, Dan. Larry, thanks for having me. Really excited to be here and uh, to have a good conversation with you today. Oh, that's great. So, look, I, I want to start off by by asking you about your history because, yeah, you just this summer you were promoted to executive vice president at Kaseya. Congratulations! Um, but once upon a time, you were one of these MSPs I was just talking about. You started an MSP from the ground up, did you not? Yeah. So it was really it. It's a cool background for me is is that I didn't even know what the word MSP meant uh, when I when I went into it. I was simply helping people in shops and things like that and people we knew just fixing computers occasionally. And someone's like, you know, you should start that and do that as a business. And I was like, oh, let's go look into it. And um, so really took the time, looked into it, spent some time. And actually, we grew an MSP, not knowing anything about it. Wasn't my background, wasn't our history. Um, we went from zero to two million in about a year and a half. And people were like, you had a golden horseshoe. Like there's nobody that, you know, this is not common. And, uh, you know, what I found was going through peer groups and different things that I enjoyed helping other MSPs. 
Um, and I found that that's really where my passion was, is teaching people how to sell and market and build their business. So I ended up going over to the vendor side and, uh, you know, it's all evolved from there. I went to ID agent, ID agent got acquired by Kaseya. And uh, now I've, I've worked up through here. So uh, really excited though, but having that MSP background in that DNA, I think is really critical because I understand when I get on a phone call, what someone's talking about. I understand that challenge or I remember having that same exact issue. Um, so being able to have been in that spot and, and knowing those scenarios, it really does help me with my day in and day out uh, daily task. Yeah. And, and that really is what you do now is, is enable your MSPs to perform at a higher level. And, and as I say, Kaseya works with thousands of MSPs in the market to provide them with the software and the, to, that drives the underlying services that they offer. But just having applications, having the infrastructure to deliver managed services doesn't necessarily equate to success. And I think that's one of the things that that a lot of vendors get wrong. A lot of channel chiefs presume that if you have the managed services model, then you also have unlocked the secrets of success. And that's not always the case, is it? No, so here's the thing. MSPs are buying products and services um, to be able to go out and, and efficiently run a business to support their customers. But how do I know that product or service that I'm buying, how do I know how to put it into my current offering? What if my current offering isn't even priced right? What if my business model isn't correct? Uh, you know, so many people struggle. You see the they're not prepared to overcome objections. They're not prepared to, to, you know, to put it into their offering in the correct way. So I think it's important from a channel perspective is, is you got to zoom out. Yes, it's about our products and services. When you have our products and services, we want to help you sell them. But think about it. An MSP today has got an average, let's say, 17 different um, vendors or products that are a part of their stack or offering that they're doing. How do you make sure all of those are in there correctly? They're priced right. You know, what's that go to market? Is someone trying to, when they go to a sales meeting, pitch 17 different products? Or are they going in there educated to sell the whole solution from a thought leadership perspective, really unidentify those pain points for a customer and, and to be able to deliver a very valuable business solution. And it's so hard, you know, it, it was hard for me early on. I didn't see success in my first three or four months. I went through those struggles of like, I got all these products and tools and all every vent, this vendor's telling me to do this. This vendor's telling me to do this. This vendor's telling me to do this because it what's what it's what works for that specific product that they're selling me. But the MSPs today are taking all of those products and they're putting it together and selling that. And no one's helping educate people on selling that whole solution. And that's really where we've turned our program and focused in on that. Yeah, there have been communal efforts of enabling MSPs. Sure. Uh, you know, I mean, there's, uh, you know, Kaseya did buy True Methods uh, yes. and incorporated it into, into your organization. And True Methods was a communal-based approach towards enabling MSPs. Um, HTG peer groups was around forever and oh, in yeah. helping uh, helping MSPs through peer collaboration and they were acquired by your friends across the across Florida. Um, 
but it seems as though is that the the rank and file of MSPs tend to still want to go on their own. If you think about the the rate of growth that the MSPs report, you know, organic growth, they're typically reporting double digit uh, growth, somewhere between ten and twenty percent annually. Uh, they're typically reporting gross profitability or gross margins between thirty and fifty percent, depending. Um, it sounds like a really good lifestyle business. Why, why rock the boat by actually making investments into professional development and organizational capabilities? Because there's a lot of folks. There's a lot of folks that let's say they think their profitability is 30 to 50%, but really when you dive into it, it's in the 15 to 20%. Um, or there's a lot of folks that aren't in that 20% growth year over year. They're stuck. They've been at a half a million dollars in revenue for three to five years. It's turned into, you could call it a hobby business or, or things like that, where it's just that lifestyle, it's paying the bills, but it's not growing. They're not hiring more employees. And what we really, we found is, is being able to go in the trenches with those folks, take people that have been former MSPs like myself, give them a coach, give them the guidance, give them the support, really dive in with them. Um, now we're seeing that half a million dollar business that's been there and struggled and been in that same thing for years or, you know, three to five years, go to a million, go to a 1.2, 1.5 you know, helping them overcome what that next hurdle is for their business. Even the ones that are seeing 20% growth, you know, they might've gotten to a million. They say getting to the millions, the hardest. And then they say getting to the next one, like you hit all these different milestones uh, and there's different things that we can do to help accelerate you to that next milestone, depending on where you're at in the maturity scale. Yeah, you know, I I I used to joke about this, and it, and everyone, please trust me when I say it's a joke that the average the average partner when they report growth, fifty uh, percent of them are wrong, the other fifty percent are lying. So it's it's <laughs> the numbers are hard to for them to quantify. And I mean, and and I and I mean that you know the, the first the first first part was a joke, but it is true. It's hard for them to actually fully understand and appreciate what their costs are and what their profitability is. Yeah, I think there's lots of different ways a lot of people teach you to learn and, and go through it. You know, having work, you know, with Gary Pika um, on this team, you know, work with the true methods and our true peer members. You know, we see a lot of members that will come in and they're like, oh, we're 30, 40 percent profit margins. And then when we really look at it, when you factor in your labor, when you factor in, you know, like you start taking like your Microsoft licenses and your backups and the way they do it and the way they put it into the systems, it might look like that. But then when you put them in and really look at it, it might be 15, 10%. And then they're like, oh, you know, and that's that's really going through that lens is is the MRR you're selling today, is it good MRR? Um, and, and, and are you in that spot? And sometimes you have no idea until you have someone that you could just really glean on and, and work with to help support you on that. And I, that's fun. I, I think the role that me and my team get to play, I think it's an absolute blast because everyone's like, well, you gave up being an MSP CEO. Not really. Uh, I look at it as, as I get to be on the executive team of thousands of MSPs and be able to guide and coach and support them and being able to see what's happening in real time. I mean, this market's changing and, and we're seeing a lot of change and to be able to pivot with them and get them content, support, education, 
um, materials, things that they need. Uh, it's it's just a cool way to to get in there and, and do it a little bit differently. Yeah, I I I agree with you wholeheartedly, and is that the the market's expectations, the market needs, and the market expectations are changing dramatically. Uh, as I noted, when I first heard the term managed services, again, 20 years ago, uh, it was it, it was really confined to some limited, a limited number of break fix service replacements. You know, that you, you were doing some server resets, you know, you were doing some maybe remote into uh, into a desktop you weren't doing the type of services that are out there today. And when you talk about the average MSP working with 17 different vendors, when I look at them, I say, okay, yes, you have some pretty good businesses. You've built a service, a good services stack, but you're still scratching along the basics. A lot of what the average MSP does is they're doing some network level monitoring. They're doing some desktop monitoring. They're doing cloud backup. They're doing some, some, you know, I would say blocking and tackling security type services. But now the customers are looking for cloud management. They're looking for application management. They're looking for integration and ongoing support services. And in fact, I was recently talking with an MSP who was telling me his forte is providing support for vendors that he's not even partnered with. That if they get a call from a customer, they go, oh, we'll just figure it out for you. And that's what they go off and do. I mean, there's a lot of, headroom in this market and a lot of msps aren't really even aware of what the new the next level of opportunities are yeah i think that's what's so interesting with this space you know if you go back you know i've been out of from my msp for almost four and i'm going almost five years and the products in the security stack that i had five years ago some of those things are still there, but there's four different, four additional security items. You know, your security stack is continuing to always evolve. Your compliance offerings are starting to increase. You're starting to see, you know, the MSPs are becoming the, the, the go-to resource for everything. I mean, when you think of like I was as an MSP, I had people that came up to me and were like, what do we do for our website? Like, what do we do for social media marketing? What, I mean, I, I'm the managed service provider. Like, you know what I mean? I'm there to support those things, but they really trust the managed service providers because you're helping run their business. Businesses run on technology more than ever. The pandemic accelerated that. We all went through that. But they look at the managed service provider as that go-to resource so you are now, as a managed service provider, having to provide services that you weren't providing two years ago, three years ago. You know, you're having to provide more and more support, more and more, you know, advising on different things. So it's just, it's a, I love it because there's always something new. It's changing. It doesn't keep us, it keeps us all on our toes. Like, we don't know, like, always what that next thing is going to be, but the world starts to evolve issues come up and change and there needs to be a product or a software to fix that. And how do you do that? And, you know, that's, that's where we're at today. And I think it's as an MSP, sometimes you don't know what you don't know. You think you're doing things well, next thing you know, I talked to quite a few of them that are like, all of a sudden I'm losing customers and we look at it and I go, well, you're losing customers because your security stack is 
five years behind what's out here today. You know, you haven't stayed up with the technology changes and the addition and the ads, or you're not offering a lot of the new services that are just kind of now the new standard. And that's where we're seeing the industry is is some of the MSPs are just getting left behind or losing business. And then that's the trigger for them to go get these things and then rebuild and, and go back up. But it's staying on top of your stack and making sure that you have the right products and services. I hear exactly what you're saying. I, I And I, I understand that it's challenging for these MSPs to keep up, which means that, that they should be investing. Let's assume that they are posting the margins that they are, the gross margins or the net margins that they that they say they are. There should be room within their within their finances to fund their development. One of the things that the industry has cultivated is an expectation that that type of development, that type of support that you're describing should be free. It should be the thing that you do. Now, resellers, integrators, service providers, they do pay for training, particularly when they have certifications involved and many vendors charge for that. But the type of support that Kasey is offering, where you're actually persistently engaged with them, as I would call it, that you're guiding them not just on a training, but you're guiding them through, you're collaborating with them in the market on all the aspects of running a good business. That's something that is still somewhat of a hard sell to many MSPs or many resellers in general. So look, in in a couple of ways, I can see that through one lens, but what we look at it is, is this. So what we have is today is I have a, it's a program called Powered Services. And what we do is we provide you with sales and marketing enablement to help you sell your entire solution. Again, not just the products and services you have with us, but your entire solution. So the content, the thoughts, the things that we're creating, you know, we're not doing just your gen generic vendor content. Like we've got skilled graphic designers, skilled copywriters, people that are working, you know, former MSPs, like we're really getting into it. And we bring that to our members at cost. So while there's a charge to it, we're bringing it at cost because the, the part of it that we're really hitting in on is that dedicated coach. Where are you going to go and get a, a former MSP CEO, a former marketing manager at an MSP for like a hundred, couple hundred bucks a month uh, and be able to have them come do webinars all the time and help you sell your whole solution, help you price package, put your business plan together look at your profitability and all of that. I mean, in most cases, that's thousands of dollars in other programs. We look at it as, as we can put a little bit of, you know, if the MSP is willing to put a little bit of skin in the game, we're going to commit even more skin in the game because at the end of the day, if the MSP is more successful, we're going to be more successful as a company. But what this allows us to do by having it be a paid program is we can make it more robust than just about any other program out there because now we're covering the cost um, of what's going on. It's allowing us to put more resources into it. It's allowing us to expand the program, its offerings, and now the MSP is benefiting. And that's what we hear from almost all of our customers is like, I was paying three to $5,000 a month for the type of content I'm getting for you from a couple hundred dollars a month. Not to mention, you're going to give me a dedicated resource, a coach. So I hear you on the side of like, hey, most people aren't going to want to do that. But 
we found that once we go and sit down, they're like, I am all in for that because I'm missing that in my life. I'm missing that in my business. And how can I really get that to help me take my business to the next level? And I, I, people really appreciate that. And, and we're seeing it grow. And I mean, we're having over 50 to 100 new MSPs a month come into that program because they see and hear from their other MSPs that are in the program, how much the program is just changing their MSPs business. I think the key thing you just said there, though, was skin in the game. And one of the things that that like it's not just what we see at Channelomics, but it's been shown that when you do have skin in the game, you do have something at risk. You tend to invest in it more. You tend to give more effort to it. How does how does Kaseya demonstrate that first to the MSPs that it's worth putting skin in the game? I mean, you said it, you're getting a, you're getting a bunch of new signups all the time, but how do you demonstrate the value of that, the overperformance to the newcomers or the prospects? And how do you demonstrate the value back to your organization? How do you show that this is a contributing factor to Kaseya's success? So when we look at it uh, from, from an MSP perspective, we have a free version of it. So you can kind of get in. You can dabble around, you can see some of the kits, you can see how we operate, um, and it kind of gets you the understanding of what we do. And then what we have the ability for you to do is to sit down and meet with one of our specialists that will sit down and go over your business. Hey, what are you trying to accomplish? What is, what's important to you? Oh, you're trying to grow your compliance business. Oh, you're trying to get your profitability up. Oh, you're trying to fix this. Then we want to work with you to create a custom plan. One thing about our program is there are no cookie cutters. It, it, it's about that MSP. We learn about them and we help them grow based on where they're at. Um, and we teach them that. So give them the free version, kind of help them get started, understand that, guide them and coach them through that. And then most of the folks that are coming in is because they want to take it to the next level. They want that consistency in their marketing. They can see where the value now is there. And then we just really blossom with them and taking it into business plans, marketing plans, making sure that we're helping them with a strategy. What is success for them? One of the questions we ask is, if I were to, Larry, if you were on with me, I'd say, Larry, what is success for you 12 months from now? And if you tell me it's $30,000 in MRR added, then Larry, you and I have to go and figure out how to build a business plan to get you to 30,000 additional MRR, let's make it achievable. And let's put something that makes sense for you based on how you're built. And yeah. when they get that sense and they see that we're not going to jam a, a Dan's version of whatever down their throat, it's our ability to work with them, understanding their business and let's come and meet together. It really, people genuinely feel like it's a good program for them. Kaseya has been uh, on a buying spree. Uh, you've re most recently, I think, you know, and most famously have acquired Datto uh, and added it to your portfolio. Uh, yeah. But you've, but over the past few years, Kaseya has also bought a number of companies to build out uh, the uh, complete tool set. In fact, you call it IT Complete, I believe. Um, yeah. And in previously in my former podcast, Pod Twenty One Twelve, I had Fred, your CEO Fred Vicola, on, and he had talked about building the Swiss Army knife. That you know an MSP could come and get everything they need from Kaseya. But there's also 
the best of breed approach is that many and many MSPs are out there and they're building technology stacks based on what they believe is the best products that meet their model or meet their customer need. How do you reconcile the desire or the the build of Kaseo being that one-stop shop when there's a there are other best practices, there's other models? How does this program advise and coach the MSPs on this? So one of the things that I think is really, you know, so IT Complete wasn't around when I was an MSP. Yeah. And, and when I'll give it to you from a lens of what I see it from the MSP side of things. So I had 17 different vendors, you know, 17 to 20 uh, in there. That means I got 17 to 20 different vendors I'm working with on support, licensing, billing, invoicing. And I will tell you, those things can really wear you down um, in terms of how you operationally when you run a company. So having those best in breed products put into what we call IT complete, and you now as an MSP have one pane of glass to log in, to be able to leverage all those different tool sets that are necessary to support your customers. We're now helping you increase your efficiency. We're helping you by reducing what we call, and it really is, it's vendor fatigue where you're you're trying to manage all of your different vendors and what's going on. You got one place to go, one support, one, you know, one everything. It just makes your life easier. But then what I think is the cool part of this, and I'm sure Fred talked about this when he was on with you, is, is you build meaningful integrations amongst those products to have them do things that you couldn't do with just your standard API typical vendor to vendor integration, we can now have products do multiple steps to help drive that technician efficiency, to help that MSP become more profitable. Maybe they don't have to hire five more people. Maybe they can hire three more because the, the way the product and all the workflow integrations are doing, it's helping streamline their business. There's so many different angles around it, but it's, it's one platform you know, one place to go, one support, one billing, one everything, or man, we're trying to make the life of that MSP so much more uh, efficient in, in, in something that they're not feeling stressed out all the time. So as I said, there's a number of vendors out there that are looking to capitalize on MSPs as they're embracing more service-based models. They're looking at MSPs as a means of reaching the market, servicing the customers. Um, but they're also very traditional in the way that they think about partner enablement. Uh, some of the times it's just simple onboarding. Other times it's just, you know, point in time training and certification programs. You know, you're seeing success with this initiative, you know, where you are a coach, a guide, a Sherpa. What advice would you give to, uh, to a peer channel chief in who's looking to leverage MSPs and enable them to contribute to their business? I think like if you if you've never been an MSP, then I encourage you to go spend a couple of days, weeks with MSPs, go to their business, watch how they operate, see how they function, see the challenges that are on them, the time, um, you know, the you know all of those things because you can't design programs, you can't go out there and you can go in these offices and you can talk, we're going to do this for MSPs, this, 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 and this. They all sound good. They look good on whiteboards and, and things like that. But 
man, if you haven't been out there, you're not in the shoes, you're not feeling it, you're not seeing it, stuff maybe isn't going to do what you think it's going to do. And I think that's the bigger thing right now and why we're seeing success is, you know, I got like 10 people on my team that are former MSPs. Like, so when they're, when you come into this program and you're talking to someone and they're like, oh yeah, let's go. That's your problem. Let's go tackle it. Let's go in. And now they're seeing success. So when they buy a new product, you know, typically people will buy products and sometimes they make it to the shelf, off the shelf. And there are times where they go their entire contract and that product never made it off the shelf. Our goal is, is to get you that 30, 60, 90 day success with the product and services. But more importantly, in that 30, 60, 90 days, how did that product make it into your offering in a successful way that fits you? And man, that's where people really appreciate it. So I think my advice to folks is, is you really got to take the time and you got to take just your product and service out of it. People appreciate that I'm not there to sell just the Kaseya product. Obviously, that's our intent. But you have to understand the customer and the customer is selling an entire service. So I have to be mindful and develop programs and support people to sell their entire solution, not just our products, because if they sell their entire solution, I know our products are going along for the ride. Dan, it's been great having you on Changing Channels. I really appreciate, and I'm sure everybody listening in appreciates your, your insight on this. Larry, look, I appreciate you having me on. You have a great show. Listen to it a lot. And uh, if I can ever help anybody or or help Vivian, please reach out to me. Find me on LinkedIn. Uh, I would love to just connect with other folks. Uh, it's always great to, to keep expanding the horizon in this channel. It's a blessing to be in it. And really, again, thank you for having me on. I'm grateful to be here. Everyone, Dan Tomaszewski, the Executive Vice President of Channels at Kaseya. And that means that's all the time we have for this episode of Changing Channels. Technology is changing the world and Channelomics is tracking the way the channel is bringing those changes to everyone. So until next time, I'm Larry Walsh. Thank you for joining Changing Channels with Larry Walsh, a production of Channelomics. If you've enjoyed today's episode, hit the like button, subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, and share with your friends. For more information about Channelomics services and insights, follow us on Twitter and YouTube, and check out our website at channelnomics.com. Channelnomics is a registered trademark of, and Changing Channels is copyright by, 2112 Enterprises, LLC.